0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. Joe at rte.ie51551 is the text number. I mentioned in the uh, promo an hour ago with Louise, this uh, nursing home, Sally Park Nursing Home, in Fairhouse uh, in Dublin, uh, run by a company called Passage Healthcare. And uh, people ask me how I came across it. Very straightforward. Since my own mother was in a nursing home, I was made aware that all the reports by HICWA, the state body, uh, funded by you, the Health Information and Quality Authority, about the visits to nursing homes, regardless of whether they're private or public, they're up online. And since, unfortunately, my mother passed away just two years ago in a a nursing home which there was no complaints about um, I, I, from time to time and I came across on Friday evening I was sitting at home and I came across Sally Park Nursing Home on the Hickwood website I'd never heard of it it's in Fairhouse and from the first page it jumped out at me as to why this nursing home was not closed nearly a year ago for example when the registration this is from the Hickwood report a government report publicly uh, available up on their website. When the registration was renewed in March 2023, nearly a year ago, a restrictive condition was applied to the provider's registration requiring that they take action to address serious fire safety risks in the centre. In particular, they were given until the 31st of October, nearly seven months, okay, seven months to try and deal with these serious fire safety risks, which is generous in itself. They had to ensure that there were adequate alternative means of escape available for all parts of the centre at all times, ensure that all fire-rated doors set in the centre were fit for purpose and provide adequate containment of fire and smoke, install additional fire-rated double door set at the bottom of the stairway, ensure that there were effective fire compartments that achieved the required fire rating of 60 minutes. In September, Hickwa went back for an unannounced inspection. This is what they found in Sally Park Nursing Home. There was no, and I will give you more, there was no evidence that the work which they asked for in March, uh, eight months previously, had commenced to address these significant issues and to to see these significant fire risks and to meet the deadline. In addition, inspectors identified that the works that were in progress has significantly increased the risk relating to fire safety in the centre. And the more I read this, and I'll give you more, for example, there are eight, there are seven categories. Capacity uh, that HICWA judged every nursing home on. Uh, capacity and capability. Govern- governance and management not compliant. Notification of incidents, including, by the way, a fire incident last January in the kitchen, not compliant. Visits substantially compliant. Well, that's straightforward. Premises, not compliant. Infection control, not compliant. Fire precautions, not compliant. Individual assessment and care plan, not compliant. Residence rights, not compliant. They use the word catastrophic. If there was a fire, it would be a catastrophic event. Remember, in a nursing home where people live, obviously uh, in in dif- different circumstances because of age and infirmity and they live 24-7-365. This, this, this is now, we put in a question to Hickwood this morning and we asked him about Sally Park Nursing Home. What, what is happening to this nursing home? It's still open a year after uh, the Hickwa said there were serious fire concerns. And Hickwa said in the blandest of statements, 
Uh, where there are concerns about the care and welfare of residents in the nursing home, HICWA's chief inspector would take steps as appropriate, such as increasing oversight of that nursing home, attaching conditions to the registration of the nursing home, stopping admissions to the nursing home, or cancelling the registration of a nursing home. HICWA does not comment on action being taken in individual centres. I rang Sally Park nursing home myself this morning and there are residents still there and it was through a local councillor Brian Lawler that I discovered in the last hour that they are actually going to close it at the end of next month the end of February this means this nursing home and I challenge anyone who's access to a computer any journalist go, go into HICWA now and read the report on uh, Sally Park nursing home and if your jaw doesn't drop from beginning to end. For example, there was the, the HICWA found a temporary gas, a gas pipe had been installed during works and they couldn't find out who had installed it. They talked about toxic smells. They talk about malodors. It goes on and on and on. But anyway, HICWA didn't bother to tell us in the last hour, maybe they were too embarrassed because it's taken them a year, why they didn't close it at nearly a year ago. Why they didn't go, and, and by the way, you know what Hickwa would say? Joe, where did you find out about this? You found out about it on our website. Well, they should have been jumping up and down about it. Uh, Charlie O'Connor is Mr. Tally. He's a councillor in the Tala area. I know, uh, Charlie, and I'm very conscious of this, and I know you are because you work on the ground, that people living in the nursing home, I just wonder were the families aware of this fire trap scenario? Well, I can't say that, Joe. Yeah. First of all, I, I think you're dead right in in the commentary and, and the preamble you've used not only earlier in the afternoon, but now, because this is something of great concern. Uh, I, I don't directly represent uh, yeah. House, but of course I have an interest. Uh, and I know, I know uh, a, a few of the people. Uh, and I know other colleagues, you mentioned Brian Lawler, and I know the current mayor of South Dublin, mm-hmm. Alan Edge, has been particularly active and was quoted in the Echo last week, who did a story on it. And the point I would make, I'm certainly not going to challenge what you're saying about HICWA. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what they're saying, and they should have acted upon it. They sent in four inspectors uh, twice last year, and I presume they've sent it, uh, how they haven't, anyway. They say, I'm reading again from the HICWA report. Sure. At the time of inspection, this was, this was last September, a large renovation project, project. Now, remember, they were there in March for the, for the uh-huh. annual uh, report and they said to them, By, uh, we give you on, until October, which is generous to say the least, to address serious fire safety issues. Fire safety issues. But anyway, sure. Hick was said in the report, the time of inspection, this is on the website today, a large renovation prog- project was in progress. Inspector, inspectors found the registered provider had reduced the size of the centre by demolishing part of the building, including the removal of an emergency escape stairs serving the first and second floor where residents were accommodated, three other emergency exits on the ground floor were put beyond use due to the construction activity outside these doors, which included the escape route. Hickwa's words, not mine, the next sentence. These changes presented significant risks for the safety of the residents living in the home, which will be described and is described uh, throughout this report. Now, um, and I know it would be distressing for the residents, and as I said, I rang myself this morning, there are uh, residents there. I don't don't know any of them. Um, Including Joe, a 102-year-old man. Wow. And, and, And like... 
as I said, I'm certainly not going to challenge what you're saying. And I think uh, HICWA have acted appallingly. Uh, but there is concern, of course, locally. And as I said, I've mentioned Mayor Edge, who, who raised this. Mm-hmm about what happens to, yes, to, of to those residents who find themselves now in a very, very difficult situation. And can I just say, uh, I made contact uh, with Stephen Donnelly's office uh, and indeed with the HSE with regard to this issue last week because I believe they should step up uh, mm-hmm. because th- these uh, patients should not be left in, in the limbo they are in. Uh, and, and, you know, HICWA will have to follow through on their action. I don't think any of us will challenge that. But we, we have to worry, and I do, and other colleagues do, uh, about, uh, about what happens to those uh, uh, patients. And they have to be facilitated and facilitated as quickly as possible. There were, again, from the HICWA report, there were gaps through the wall and this potentially provided a route through for the toxic gases providing a hazard to anyone in close proximity to the shelter in a nursing home. Inspectors also observed that a temporary gas line had been set up between two boilers at the centre. The provider could not provide assurance that this alteration, this temporary gas line, had been carried out by a registered gas installer. They didn't, Hickwood don't know who put in this new uh, 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 pipe. And now they do say things like there was no space provided to meet visitors. But you know, Charlie, you've been around long enough. You know and I know that people in nursing homes and their families are oftentimes so grateful to get a place that they they will not complain. They will, they will help as much as they can. They'll help sure. the staff. And I'm sure the staff are excellent. I'm sure the staff uh, oh, yeah. are, are, That's are the word, uh, Joe. excellent. But my, my by now, as, as I tell you, we've heard through your, your colleague, uh, Brian Bourne, that they're going to close it uh, at the end of next month. But HICWA, HICWA as of today, were, according to this bland statement they issued, they, they, they are, um, they are under the impression that this nursing home ha- is carrying out, which they aren't obviously because they're about to close in a month's time. Have been carrying out the changes. They demand fire safety changes. They demanded twelve last March. It's going to close uh, on the fourth of twenty eighth of February, or whatever. Just a year after uh, Hickwe. Now, is there, is there still? And I know the, the the problem, Charlie. Is there still pressure on for people to get places in nursing homes? I know it's difficult. Oh, clearly, like, like even at my level of politics, uh, many c- cases uh, cross my desk all the time. And and one of the difficulties I have as a, as a Taliban public rep is is that offers are often made to families. Uh, to take them away from Tala, to take them away from Forehouse and so on. And, and families find themselves having to be facilitated in, in other parts of the country. And I'm not complaining about any county. Uh, but but it, it is a challenge for families uh, when they have to travel to make sure that they get proper facilities for their, their loved ones. And that often happens that they have to, as I said, go out of the county. Yeah, I'm just saying, uh, apparently we've asked... Um, Passage Healthcare, who run run this facility, sure. uh, to we've we've asked some specific questions, but the centres in the state, which I'll read out in a minute, but I'll read out more of this sure. report. And remember, in March last year, Hick was said to them, "You must make changes immediately on the fire safety issue." This did not arise in September. This did not arise. This arose nearly a year ago. Anyway, this is what they said in September. The report, by the way, was only issued in 
December it went up on the website and I only saw it three days ago. The provider of the nursing home did not have effective oversight or systems in place in respect of fire safety and fire safety management systems to protect residents from the risk of fire. Fire safety management systems and procedure at the centre did not reflect the nature of the building as it was on the day of the inspection. Significant construction works to the building were impacting fire safety at the centre. The registered provider did not take adequate precautions against the risk of fire and did not provide suitable firefighting equipment. For example, flammable and combustible items were stored in a linen store in, in linen store number three on the first floor and in the staff cloakroom on the ground floor. Flammable items such as hand sanitizer were stored alongside linen, incontinence wear and were stacked to the ceiling of the cupboard. Now, first of all, any, far, we act, any, any firefighter will tell you never, ever, sure. ever pack a cupboard with material uh, because it could self-combust. Uh, um, the register provider did not provide adequate means of escape, including emergency lighting for example, and it goes on and on and on. But sure. as I'm saying, this goes, this isn't today. It's it's, no, no. it's Friday. I woke up to it and I'm, I'm ashamed that I only saw it on Friday and it wasn't, uh, I, sure. I didn't snap it. This is a statement in, uh, they're sorry that they're not available to discuss as they're uh, really busy trying to... But re- yo, if they're not available, re- I hope they're listening. To rehome all of our residents. Now that's, and, and I know the argument is where will our residents go? The place we don't want them to go is the morgue after a, catas- right. a catastrophic Absolutely. fire, which the no, authorities right. warned them about nearly a year ago. When Hickwa visited in September 23, now remember, this is the, the second visit. In March 23, they gave them a list of things they had to do. And I'll find it again in a sec. But they, they um, we in particular, by, Mar- by October 31st, in March 23, a rest- restrictive condition was applied to their registration. They had to ensure by October 31st that they have that there had to be alternative means of escape, fire-rated doors, fire-rated double doors at the end of the uh, stairway. There was an effective fire compartment that achieved a fire rating of 60 minutes. At the time, at the time of the inspection, this is in September. March is uh, eight months previously. There was no evidence that this work had commenced to address these significant fire, issue, fire issues and t- fire risks and to meet the deadline. In addition, inspectors identified that the works that were in progress had significantly increased the risk to fire safety in the centre. So not only did um, Sally Park Nursing Home not do what they were told to do, they hadn't even started doing it. But what they did in the meantime is they made things worse in terms of fire safety. This is, I don't know who the statement is from. It says, I, I don't know, do we know who the I is? What the name of this person is or anything? No, sure. I, I am really sorry. I am not available to discuss today. We're extremely busy trying to rehome all of our residents. Should have been done months ago, if you ask me. Well, if Absolutely. you ask Hickwa. But Hickwa are, are, are gone silent as well. When Hickwa, this, this is from Charlie, just listen to the story. I, yeah, I, sure. When, yeah. Hickwa, when Hickwa visited in September, this is from the nursing home. We engaged with Hickwa. You have no choice. You didn't engage with them last March when they told you to sort out the fire escape issues. Uh, and Dublin Fire Brigade. External building works was ceased. The issue with the gas pipe was addressed and made safe. In other words, the gas pipe that they had put in, that Hick was spotted, and they couldn't, uh, this company couldn't tell them who put in this temporary gas pipe. The issue with the gas pipe was addressed and made safe. In other words, it was unsafe. 
up, on, up until September. All our staff were retrained in fire procedures. By the way, there's a whole section about fire drills and that never happened. Yeah. Uh, all our staff were retrained in fire procedures and all procedures updated. Additional staffing was also employed. I'd like to know the number. We liaise with Dublin Fire Brigade every two weeks to inform them of uh, progress. We further commenced decanting residents from the top floor, which was the highest risk area. They knew there was high risk area in their own nursing home. Obviously, the safety of the residents of Sally Park was a priority. Not. That's my words. Yeah. It, was, it was a priority. Oh, no, you're right. So unfortunately, the decision has been made that Sally Park would have to close. And we are now working with all of the families of our residents to ensure a safe transfer. It is, of course, and I said this to you, Charlie, and you're the one that would, that would spot this long before I would. It is, of course, a very sad time for all of the residents and our Absolutely. staff who are very supportive of our residents. We are working with our staff as well to try to assist them and find alternative employment. We have excellent staff, so I know they will be snapped up. Now, the question uh, has to be, the question is asked, why now? Why a year later is this um, this uh, going to happen? Um uh, Hikwa, as I say, Charlie, Hikwa sent us in the blandest of statements, didn't even mention, sure. they said that we, we Hikwa does not comment on action being taken in individual centres. Why not? You're the ones that put up this report online. You're the one who sent but, four inspectors, not one inspector, four inspectors in, such was the seriousness of it. And uh, you won't you won't pursue it. You put it up online and drew no one's no one's attention to it. Now that you know what they would say, it's not our job to draw it. But I've been reading, as you have, I've been reading these reports since my own mother. Since I knew, I, I was uh, slightly unaware, if not totally unaware, that you could read them, except when we start looking for a nursing sure. home from my mother. And I've been reading them on and off since. This is without a shadow of a doubt, Charlie, the most serious one I've ever read in terms of oh, danger. No question. Danger. Danger. And Joe, uh, can, can I just say I applaud uh, the fact that you have highlighted this and I'll repeat what but, I said. I hope uh, that HICWA, the Department of Health, the Minister's Office and HSC are listening to this uh, conversation because they need to step up to the mark now and they need to do something fast about it. And they should, HICWA should be accountable. No question. Now, they would say we're going to close in the next month. And obviously, obviously, Charlie, because you're talking about it, I'm talking about it, and Brian Moran was talking about it, they, they would be much more conscious now of fire safety, obviously, Absolutely. obviously, because they've been told. But I'm just conscious because I met a, a group of them last week in, in at the city centre and we had, a, once again, a, a heartbreaking conversation. And these were the survivors of the Stardust fire. The sure. survivors oh, of the Stardust fire. Jimmy I, Fitzpatrick. I know, his, I know, I know you do, going way back. And they are still fighting for justice. There was, there was oh. emergency exits and this is over 30 years ago. When we sure. told that the whole landscape of forest safety in Ireland would change, um, emergency exits were locked in the Stardust. What does Hickwa say about this nursing home up in Fairhouse and Talla? Emergency exits were blocked. There was no okay. proper fire escape. Remember the, the bars over the window in the toilets in um, the Stardust. The people, uh, their, their last breath clinging onto those uh, uh, bars trying to escape. There were, there were the fire escape stairs in this, in this nursing home in this nursing home, were removed. Were removed by the builder, and Hikwa had to say, "Get them back in immediately." Now, I, 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 but then by March, anyway, it just goes on. That was March. See, it's September. It's, it's now um, 
And I know, and I know what they would say is, I know what they'll say. They'll say, um, oh, we're closing it down. But why, why, why did it take so long? Say it had it been That's a right. catastrophe. And, and, and why, Joe, did they leave vulnerable people in danger? Well, you know what they'd say because it upsets them to move. But I would sure. rather, I would rather, and and the government, you're right, the government should st- step in. If you have oh, to yeah. move those people to a hotel tonight, and I know it will That's be right. discommoding, but I'd rather they move to a hotel than they move to a morgue if that place goes up. That's right, absolutely. And by the way, if anyone driving by it, you would see uh, it's an old building. I don't know; it was obviously oh, yeah, a sure. private house at some stage. Sure, There's an enormous sure. amount of uh, building going on. An enormous amount of building work. I don't know what they're doing. Are they preparing for something else? There's an enormous amount of building work going on in the ground. And anyone that knows anything about fire safety knows the riskiest time for a fire in a, in a, in a premises, in a building, is when there's building work going on. Right. When there's fellas doing their best, and women doing their best, as welders, chippies, and there are flame and there is fire. Pennies in Belfast, when did, when did, when was that, when did that go on sure. for? When they were working, the builders were working on it. Guinness is on the Usher's Island in Dublin. When did that go on for? When the builders were working oh, yeah. on it. Well, Various, right. anyway. But anyway, let's, let's, let's see what happened. I just, and I know it's an awful time, an awful time uh, for the families. But I just, re- I just wondering where they were this time last year, how... Sure how much of a, a, a fire risk it was. Anyway, Councillor Charlie, Charlie O'Connor, thanks, thanks for your time and your, your call, continuing Joe, great uh, work. Okay, Joe at, RT, well. Joe at RT.ie, 51551 is the text number uh, and we'll be back after this break. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Frankie Gavin, Frankie Gavin, good afternoon. What's the problem? <laughs> How are you, Joe? Good, good. What's the problem? I'll tell you what has me mystified. Anytime I go to Dublin, which is fairly frequently, mm-hmm. uh, between Galway and Athlone, so you see these signs that say tiredness kills. Okay, now these are very important signs, and of mm-hmm. course, it's it's important to pay attention to those. But the parking area, the, the, the areas where you can park, are blocked off and have been as long as I can remember. And there's grass and mould growing you know, they're just cordoned off. There's a barrier on each mm-hmm. of the uh, parking rest areas between Galway and Athlone, and indeed from Athlone back to Galway. And if you found, problem, I don't know whether we or you found out why they've closed them. I haven't the faintest idea, but I'm mystified, and I thought your listeners would be, uh, for, for, I'm sure all the Galway, Galway to Dublin travellers would be well familiar with this, this element, and I'd love to know. Uh, what is the reason for it? I can't, I can't figure it out because, I mean, if you want to have a rest, you have to actually go off the motorway yeah. altogether and go into a service area you see, or well, another so, village well, or well, town. Frankie, you've been travelling around the country as a musician for decades, as you know, and before, <laughs> before, um, before the motorways, you stopped and everyone stopped on the way back from a gig or whatever. You stopped in sure. Kinnegad or the, whatever. You had your yes. favourite favourite. Uh, chip shop or whatever on the way back and remember <laughs> remember when these motorways were being built when these yes. motorways were being built um, it was the local towns and councillors that objected to these new mo- massive motorway service stations because it would oh. deter people from take coming into their town Okay, take away business yes I see, okay Okay. But like, but the thing is, Joe. The, the the thing is that the the parking areas are there in existence with a big P sign, you know, 
that you uh, that uh, tells you in a couple of kilometres, but that you'll be able to pull over and have a rest. But they say this, this is all. This is all. Are, this is all I found on from Transport Infrastructure Ireland. M6 comprehensive removal of layby between Kinnegad and Athlone. Removal of facility in vicinity of Athlone service area. That's what you're talking about, isn't it? Development of an additional an additional layby between Athlone and Galway. Where's Pat McDonough when we need him? Supermax. <laughs> no, it was, it was in fairness, it was Pat Mac, it was Pat McDonough who started putting in these service areas. A pri- completely well, private completely private operator. Yes, yes, of course, I, uh, I understand that. But the thing is, like, if you have areas that are marked, you know, rest areas or parking areas for, for the weary traveller, surely to God they should be able to pull over. And what's yeah. the point in the barriers up and grass and yeah, moss going on the, on the tarmac? But Frankie, even for safety, for children who are feeling unwell or whatever. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, apparently, I see, I see yeah. someone else, Fair, Fair Play Paul, has, has texted me saying that TD criticised tra- Transport Infrastructure Ireland after it plans to reserve motorway laybys for lorries only, for trucks only. So oh, private no, motors would... should use motorway service stations, apparently, wherever they exist. But anyway, but they don't, didn't say that to us in their yeah. statement. OK, <laughs> what are you up to at the moment, Frankie? Uh, I'm working on a new album with my new band and uh, looking forward to St. Patrick's weekend. We'll be doing a nice few gigs around the country in Dublin and Carrington Bano and Wexford and Belfast. And it's, it's, it's great to be back in action again, Joe. I must put it, I must put it that way. It's, I'm delighted to be back out playing music and, you know, it's more enjoyable now than it ever was, thank God. So I'm lucky. Okay, okay. And Tradfest, as you know, is a massive success in Dublin. Yeah, Saturday, yes, Saturday through Temple Bar. Where was the pipe band from? Because I heard them and they were absolutely brilliant. They were from Ballon Robe or Tune. Anyway, there was a bril- yeah. brilliant, brilliant atmosphere in and around the, c- the city of Dublin. Thank God after the yes. trouble in November. Okay, Frankie, safe traveling, Frankie. Will you mind yourself on Thank those roads? And you know what the thing is? You, you just, you just have to um, stop drinking tea and coffee or body gown or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I take your point and well, well, well spotted that's Frankie that's a legendary Frankie Gavin Joe at rt.ie 51551 is our text number Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815 Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815 And Joe at, Joe at rt.ie 51551 is the text number and as I say I know I know people uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen it on Twitter but I know people are saying, why is Job uh, bashing on about this nursing? Because my own mother was in a nursing home and a lot of our families are going to end up in nursing homes and we need to be more vigilant and more active and more active. Ollie Green has contacted us. Ollie, go ahead. What's your proposal? Hey, Joe, yeah, I was just um, doing some research there. We have a company there, Better Plants, and uh, I was just sent to your researcher there this morning about, um, I know it's a bit morbid, but uh, human composting. So instead of getting buried or cremated, your body is actually composted and your body is turned back into clay mm-hmm. and that clay can be used then to, well, whatever you want to leave it to, planting trees, using a flower garden. And where did this idea come from? Um, well, it was just, uh, we run a lot of composting courses and we have home composting systems. So we're always looking at different new ideas. And it was through a course I was doing in uh, America. It was brought up as part of the 
conversation. So what it was just about it, or just giving our opinion on human compound, because it is actually legal in okay. Sweden and I think it's four or five states now. But if, it, if, but, if it, but if it's legal in some places, Ollie, does that mean it's illegal in other places? No, you it's, just, it's me? just not legislated for it. Okay, and what, it, it's what's not, the legislation that would be needed, Ollie? Um, I suppose, look, we have the... Um, I suppose it's the whole process of breaking down. I'm sure there's some sort of a license or I know Sweden have taken on board and it's very much like um, a lot of people are taking using it in Sweden and in America at the moment. So I suppose there is legislation around how a body is, you know, obviously with cremation or burial, because that's the way we've always done it. Definitely burial like. And, and I suppose we okay. Just well, want then, to well then, Ali, talk me through the procedure. Do are people for this human composting? Do the remains have to be cremated first? No. Okay. No, well, no, well, well talk me part. through. Talk me through. Joe yeah, at so RT.ie five one double five one is the text number. Oh eight one eight seven one five eight one five. Talk me through it, Ali. Yeah. So if you think of it like most waste that's going to composting system. So you compost it, you need carbon and you need nitrogen. So basically there's these specific type of chambers and there's a coffin then. So the body instead of being embalmed and all that, mm-hmm. it's actually covered in an organic matter both um, a carbon source and nitrogen source and with that, that creates heat within the chamber and it gets the microbes and the microbes actually break down the body Okay. within say, uh, the, say about 12 to 18 weeks. Yeah, but where are the remains left, Ollie? Well, so then the remains are in this coffin okay. and they're just all broken down. Yeah, but where, now hang on, where, because this is so new to everybody, where, yeah. and so difficult to even talk about, where are the remains stored? In a specific type, of, in, a, in a steel coffin, and that coffin then is yeah. lined with this alpha-alpha and a carbon source. So and it's, it's like brought, it's, but it's brought where? It's it, it's put into so obviously there's a specific we'll call it um, area for where they put it into a chamber. It's like um, I suppose you know the way you'll often mm-hmm. see them there where they um, press it there where they put the bodies into for storage, cold storage. Okay. This would be a different you know something similar, but it would be completely sealed, and the body would be put in there, and the natural process of breaking down would be done in there. So then within. 12 to 18 weeks then all to be left basically would be bones and teeth okay and, and after that then what to do is after that then the kind of it's put through a grinding process that the bones and teeth are treated and then it's grinded into and mixed in with the topsoil but you know, when you, bring... you know when a family I think cremation now is 50% of burials uh, of, of uh, funerals the aftermath of funeral. but you know when, when, when people get to remain get the, get the ashes as they're respectfully yeah. called, and they inter the ashes in a in a wall or in in a, an existing grave, and it's registered with the authorities and all that carry on. Would the families of these people who who opt for human composting would they get any memorial? Oh, a hundred percent. Like, yeah, I suppose they'd be like you'd be having your normal funeral. Like my aunt died, and she gave her body over to medical science to be. Mm-hmm. Tested on, so you'd be having your normal one. There probably just wouldn't be a coffin there, and then when the process is done, like getting your ashes, you would get now this compost delivered to you, as in 
So that can be used, you know, a lot of people use it for growing in trees. Like we've done a poll on our Instagram page there at Better Plants and the amount of people said yes, I definitely would be interested in something that, you know, I would definitely... By the way, you know, what, what happens, what happens um, to the actual container that the remains were in? What well, about, see, what about that, that carbon footprint? Uh, well, that, that's reusable, like. Okay, okay. So okay. it's all reusable. So all you're taking out then is the compost from it. And then you're using that. That's delivered, like, mm-hmm. you know, there could be a couple okay. of... Okay, Adi, how much? Well, in America, they're coming up in around, I know, between the, the different figures we've seen, between five and 7,000. So that's the cost of a funeral, isn't it? That's the cost of a funeral, yes, so, absolutely, yeah. So why isn't it cheaper? You're not buried, you're not, you're not paying for a grave. No, you're not paying for a grave. And look at... You're, not, you're not paying for cremation. You're no. not paying for a coffin. No. And, you know, and a lot it's of people... And it's still hitting me at seven grand. Yeah. Now, that's kind of what they were saying, ballpark in America, what they were coming up with. Um, I didn't contact them to price it directly, but um, I just going on their website and it, it definitely... Okay. I, I think it's just... Have you, asked, have you asked the, who's in charge of dying? Um, rural and community... No reply. We've asked the Department of Health, only they're in charge, of rural and community development about... Have you asked any of these departments about their considerations about what's called for the purpose of this discussion, human composting? No, we didn't get in contact with any of that at the moment. We were just putting it out there for the last maybe week or so on our Instagram feed just to get in a feel well, of what John, people... Well, John Riley, our researcher here, has just sent me in a piece saying um, uh, Seattle-based company Recompose.life yeah, say... Yeah, Recompose, that's right. For yeah. every person... Wait for this, Ali. For every person who chooses Recompose over conventional burial or cremation... One metric ton of carbon dioxide is prevented from entering the atmosphere. So, Ollie, yeah. Ollie, if you come in with this idea, you're not you're not just green by name. You're green no. by nature, and you're green by action. Yeah, Any Absolutely. idea how much it would cost to get it going? I don't know. It's something we're just. I say we're putting out the feeler. There would you know? Would you have the? I suppose the demand for it in, in a country of, maybe, you know, maybe Maybe we should ring this. It's, it's morning time in Seattle now, isn't it? Um, or it's actually afternoon, I think. They also, they, this, this, this crowd recompose life, this reputable company. Yeah. They say, yeah. our approach to human composting, wait for this, Ali, requires one-eighth the energy of conventional burial or cremation. What's not to like? Oh, no, I, I think it's fantastic. I think it's definitely... Um, there is, you know what I mean? It's the future of... You well, know, are you, it, go, it, are you it, going to grab it by by both green wheelie bins or what? Are you going to do it? <laughs> um, uh, look, at it, I, I just would have to look at the investments and what, you know, legislation to go into. But I, I think as um, if someone was to take it on board, definitely we would be happy to. OK, you Mike, know. Michael is there. Joe at RT.E, 51551. Michael, you're listening to Ollie Green. Yeah, and I'm absolutely outrageous. I mean, I don't know. I mean... Um, People have lost loved ones, like you lost your 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 your, your mum there, and whatever. Mm-hmm. And other people have lost loved ones. And I think I hate to use the word. I think it's so important to be able okay. to go to visit a grave. I know, I know they're gone from this universe, but they're in your heart, mm-hmm. and you feel when you visit a grave. When you're leaving the grave, there's something there's something that lights up in your heart. 
and mm-hmm. you know you've you've been there. You feel that it's it's not that you owe it because how good you were to you in life and they raised you and all this, but it's it's respect. Yeah. But this this idea, your man. Well, Michael, well, hang on. I'll get to a human composting. So, what do you think of cremation, Michael? Which is very popular now. Well, you, you know? see, cremation. Well, cremation. The thing about cremation is that you can take the ashes home mm-hmm. and have them in your home. I know people who have lost um, loved ones and who have lost, and they have their ashes home. And there's something I don't. You know, I would be in favour of that as well because. They okay, they're gone from this. Yeah, but the ashes, Michael, the ashes aren't necessarily left in a you say for people to go and remember their their loved ones, but the ashes could be on the mantelpiece of the next of kin, the nearest next of kin, so to speak, and they might refuse to let the other members of the family see the ashes. So that doesn't necessarily keep the uh, keep the uh, whole tradition of memorializing alive. Yeah, well, just but the road your man is going down, compost heat or whatever it is. I mean, you, I, I, human, I don't. get used to it, uh, Michael. Um, you and I know you're a very well-read man. Um, a human composting, Michael. It's called human yeah. composting. Yeah. Well, I think so much is changing now. Today, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and way back then, we we sort of we had so much time for each other, but mm-hmm. now. Everything is everything is twenty four seven, very very fast. Life is so fast now. You don't even have to leave your home. You can talk to people now, and whether at the other side of the world or whatever, whatever, whatever. But that's what I miss, Joe. Most mm-hmm. of all, I miss the conversation where you spoke to people on a bus. I know I'm getting away from what you were talking about, but certainly, I, I mean, I was so, I, I, I you know, I lost one. Uh, no, but Michael, if Irish funerals not changed dramatically, I don't know if this is because of cost or whatever. The the removal to the church on yeah. the evening before. When was the last time you were at one of them? You probably tell me last week. When was oh. the When was the last removal to a church you were at? Oh God, it's a years ago. ago. But remember, yeah, yeah. remember, twenty years ago, everyone was removed to the church at five o'clock, so people who are in work could get up. That's now gone, and um, they might gone. be they might be laid out in. Um, uh, it, it might it might they might be laid out in in Kirwins or Massey's or Stafford's. Do you or remember one time? Sorry, Joe. Do you remember one time they were laid out in your home, and people, the neighbours used to go in, and you know, before they'd go to the church, uh, many many years ago. Yeah. But uh, as you said, so much is changing now, and as I said, maybe maybe you maybe, maybe I'm not going to dispute with that that man that you have on the other mm. end of the phone. Maybe it will. It could. And it very much will. Maybe I keep on saying maybe, but in my own heart, I wouldn't. I, I I wouldn't like to see it that way. But but as you said, and you're dead right, Joe. And you are very an intelligent man, Joe. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no there's no pulling the wool over your eyes. But I'll tell you, Joe, this, and I really mean it. I think I miss the old ways because yeah, well, whatever yeah. happened, the neighbours came in. Now you just go bam, 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 and you're, you're gone. And okay. that's it. But but in my own, I'd like to. I, I I suppose I have to go with the time. So much is changing now. But funerals now, they're not like they were years ago. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. The, the word he's using, compost. I mean, sure. well, listen, listen you know, to. We'll say there, Michael. Listen to Jacinta. Jacinta, good afternoon. You think it's a brilliant idea? Why? I absolutely do, Joe. Because the the, the planet is crying. We we just can't put anything else 
into the planet. We have to start replenishing what we have or saving what we have. Mm-hmm. And I and I think to cut down a perfectly good tree, to make a coffin, to look good for the neighbours, to bury it in the ground, just doesn't make any sense to me. My well, girls are it. under strict. Hello. And are the coffins, by the way, Jacinta, in a cremation? Is the coffin burned? I don't think so. And I don't will, know. Will you, will you tell me as well, because you mentioned it here and I heard about it for the first time about a month ago, um, a water burial. Yeah, I'll go for that as well. What is it? it it's where you're submerged in a tank. I'm, I'm not 100% honest. You're submerged in a tank of water mm-hmm. and your body, your body disintegrates in it. Yeah. So there's no, you're not, <clears throat> pardon me, you're not burnt. So there's no emissions going into okay. the atmosphere. And you're not buried in the ground where you're taking up space. But what, what's, but what's in the water? Just By the way, is it available in Ireland? I, think I don't so, think yeah. so, yeah. not yet. Okay. I'm not well, sure now what's, I could say. Well, well Ollie, you t- sorry, what's in the water that decomposes the body? There's different kind of um, chemicals there. It's um, I did read about it before there a couple of months ago. I just need to um, I must look it up again. But it is. I, I thought there was a lady in Ireland actually started that up. Um, okay. Well, if there is, we'll find out. Can we Google uh, what's it called? Water burial, Jacinta. I, I think it's water cremation. I think, I think there's water someone. Cremation, above, I, Ali, is. Ali, correct me if I'm wrong. I think there's someone above in Cavan doing that. I know. I there's think a, there is. A, a, well, if they yeah. are, if they're listening in, will you contact us? No, wait, one eight seven one five, eight one five. We'd love to hear you uh, describe the process. Describe the process. Okay, stay, stay with us, yeah. and we'll be back after this break. Joe at rte.ie. Talk to Joe on o eight one eight seven one five eight one five. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on o eight one eight seven one five eight one five. And Marion and Cork. Marion, good afternoon. First of all, thank you for reminding us all, which you're about to, about organ donation. Go ahead, Marion. Hi, Joe. Uh, I think it's a fantastic idea because, Joe, I've spent nights awake here um, thinking Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want, uh, I've told my family under no circumstances do I want to be cremated and I do, um, I want to uh, donate my organs okay. um, so you, that somebody else can have life. And please God that they will be used. And have you told, I know you've, you've no doubt filled out yeah. an organ donor card uh, or have or ticked the box on you if you have a driving line. Have you told your family you want to donate your organs? Oh, I do, yeah. Hip-hop. I have plenty of cards and they Great. know. And uh, I don't, you know, uh, being buried. Um, yeah, you well, know. you know, they, but I think they would still have a, even under the new organ, uh, the opt out legislation, which is in force in Northern Ireland and in the UK, even mm. in that one. It's a pity that there haven't, there isn't more organ donation in, you in, know what in I mean? The world, yeah. and, then fa- and then facilities to actually uh, deal. But even in, a, even in the opt out scenario, here we are, we are in the opt in scenario, but even in the opt out scenario, you're next, you're remaining next of kin, obviously you're deceased. Um, you're, you're next of kin can overrule your choice. In other words, oh no! I told them that. Yeah, we, what did you I tell them, Maria? What did you tell I, them? I told them. I told my daughters. I said that if you don't do this, I can assure you, you won't be you won't be sleeping at night <laughs> because I'll be I'll be there sitting oh, on your Marian. bed. You'll haunt them. No, Joe. I know. Even I know, though I know. I, I, you know that I can't see Joe. And okay, uh, I didn't know. Oh, that's not Marion. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Marion. Good to um, talk to you. Yeah. 
No, they know. I yeah. told them that they won't get a wink of sleep and uh, okay. watch. But I think this human composting, uh, composting is a brilliant idea. Ali, I'll say that, Mark. Ali, do you, do you think it it is illegal in Ireland, or you think you would need special no, permission? I don't think it's not. Uh, well, you can't. You can't. Well, you can't. Yeah, you can't. Well, you can't dispose of your remains at the back, at the bottom of your garden. Sure, you can't. No. Oh, you can, of course. Like we have distant. But yeah, I thought you. But no, but no, but no. Yeah. Sorry. You, if if and it's happened, as you know, I think you need special permission. I know there's one man down here, Kilmanogi, Kilmacanogi, he got it. And but you need special permission if you want to bury the remains of your relative under their favourite Sally tree at the bottom of the garden, don't you? Oh, of course, of course, yes, yes. But with this with this idea, like I, I think, and I, you know, you, what that guy was saying about you know going to the grave. But like, imagine you have a house and. You're planting a tree and you're using the compost from a loved one to grow that tree. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's what better way to have it there. And you're out looking at the shrubbery every day and you know that's part of, you know, their, their whatever you believe in, a part of them is there in your garden, which all the time are let it be wherever. And mm-hmm. you're, I, I think, look, when we're on the, like even the amount of people, like the messages we got in from Instagram and Facebook and a lot, the amount of people in favour was amazing. Like I was blown away, the amount of people said, God, yes, yeah, certainly that's sign me up like you know not that um, but it is it, you know what I mean because it is uh, uh, obviously uh, you know emotional it's subject for a lot people of people don't want to think about but yeah, you know, no, it is. people don't want to be thinking but we have to think about it uh, because as I say uh, councils are running out of ground and everything like that and people are worried like members of my family are worried, like, oh, where are we going to be going? We want to be, you know, all together, basically. Um, I I have a, a brother who, who was cremated, and um, sure, we can't even go to mm-hmm. where, to the house where where the ashes are. Well, then it's, uh, but, and, and, but Marion, is, are you, now, are you now not arguing against your point where you want to be composted? Where will people go to see your remains? Uh, well, uh, Joe, I won't mind because if okay. I can, uh, I I don't mind that because um, uh, I would much prefer that, uh, as I say, under no circumstances uh, being cremated because my daughters have said that, um, well, ma'am, we're not keeping your ashes. And I said, well, you won't have to because I'm not getting cremated. And I would, you know, so... They, they can, um, you know, put put me wherever in, in some garden or wherever like that, and you know, I, I'd feel happy with that. Yes. You know, yeah. it's what okay. I think. If okay. a lot of people knew about uh, know about it, you know, and it's not getting away from, like, there will be people that will want mm-hmm. to be cremated, and there'll be people that will want to be buried. But I mean. You know, different choices, you know, and I think this is something that maybe a lot of people uh, will want. And, you know, it's good to know about it. And I think more should should uh, be done about it, like, um, you know, and yeah. there should be more talk about it. And maybe the government should be doing, you know, okay. and hopefully that okay. it will, it's, it will uh, come to pass or so, you know. Okay. Sandra's in Dublin. Sandra, you're listening to Ali and Marion and, and Michael. Go ahead, Sandra. Hi, Joe. How are you? Good, thanks. Um, I tell you, I, I 
think it's a great idea personally. <laughs> um, I've already arranged my own funeral, uh, but for, for I'm going to be cremated. Okay. Um, but I also heard of a thing that's available in Ireland, and I looked into it. I'm sure you're familiar with it. It's somewhere down the country where you can be, your ashes go underneath Instagram, but they, a tree yes, is yeah, planted on Yeah, that's down near Bunclody. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yes, yeah. yes. That's why when I looked into it, I just thought about how far away. Like, obviously, the idea would be for my family to be able to go mm-hmm. there. Um, and in terms of, you were asking about the water treatment. Now, I was only looking at, because I was at a cremation the other day, and I was looking up, and in, you know, the way Dardistown and Glass yeah, yeah. and Evan, I don't know, they're all changed. They all come under the one um, Dublin some, City, yeah. whatever. Dublin Sound. But they do have, Close. they did mention, and I was reading about it, about the water. Instead of cremation, mm-hmm. you can be put into the water instead. Now, yeah, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. We're trying to contact yeah. them. Do you know where they are, Sandra, now that I have you there? Where did, where's this company well, based? They, it was in, I was looking up in, when we say Dardis Town Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was looking for Glass and Evan, but they all come under the same. So I think it was Dardis Town Cemetery has had the facility for that, for Glass and Evan, because I was just looking them all up. So it's it's within that area. Yeah, There's four, I think, cemeteries come under the same. Two of them do cremations and uh, the water one, I'm sure it was Glass and Evan or Dardis Town, one or the other anyway, Joe. Um, yeah. But I was surprised because I didn't know that there was anything like that available. And I just think it's lovely. Now, like I think if that lady or somebody was saying, um, I had to discuss it with my family as well because I have two daughters and one didn't hate the idea of me being cremated. And she said, because it's like you're gone completely. And I said, mm. yeah, but I'm still gone on the ground. The other one said, but I'm not leaving you know, at least we somewhere to visit, as you were saying. So I decided anyway, but part of my, half my ashes will go in with my baby and my brother, who have already passed, unfortunately. Okay. And then my family, I've six, I've six grandchildren and my daughters, and I'm going to get a little piece of me put in to a piece of jewellery or whatever okay. for each of Well, stay listening, Sandra, because we have uh, Elizabeth Oaks. I mentioned if there's anyone doing water burial, contact us. Elizabeth, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Thank you very much for contacting me. And tell us about, uh, what do you call your company? Pure Reflections is our company. We're based in Navan County Mead. And we're the only facility in Ireland that offer uh, water cremation, also known as resonation. Okay, well, explain to us the process from beginning to end, please. So... um, we have a chapel on site. Everything happens at our facility there in Navan. Okay. We operate through every funeral director in the country. So anybody can go in now and request resignation, just as they would a burial or a flame cremation. And the funeral directors will then bring the deceased to our facility for, we do a full celebration of life service yeah, there. Yeah, of course, yeah. Or they can have, like, the final committal service. Okay, but I want to know, sorry, tell me the process. What, okay. where the remains, are they put into a coffin? When are they submerged? Yeah. What way did, just, well, tell me that, please. Okay, so the remains will have to come to the facility in a coffin because that's the, the way that the remains are transported. We will then take the remains out of the coffin and it's put into what's called a resumator. So I myself prepare everybody to go into the resonator. I'm an embalmer and a funeral director myself. Okay. 
What the resonator does is it uses 95% water and okay. 5% of an alkaline solution. Okay. And what that does is it speeds up the natural decomposition of the body. Okay. So, believe it or not, water cremation is closer to burial than it would be actual cremation because it's the same activity that happens in the mm-hmm. ground except we've taken it up and sped up the process. And, Elizabeth, when you say this, this what's it, the resonator? Yes. What, what form is that? A box? Is it a, a a a pool? Is it transparent? Is it what? What is it's, it? What am I looking at when I'm looking at a resonator? It looks like an MRI machine. So oh, okay. it's it's a machine. It's everything is automated. Right. Um, so when I put the remains into the machine, I have to add the details of the deceased. And it takes about four hours. And once I open the machine again, all that's left are the skeletal remains. So I'll then take them skeletal remains. All that's left is is the bones. All that's left are the bones. So even with flame cremation, sorry, sorry, Elizabeth. Yeah. When when you open this container, the resonator, are you looking at the skeleton? Are you looking just at at random bones? Do you follow me? Are you looking at yeah, the shape of the of the body? No. What are you looking at? The bones. And I did. Pardon my and I'm very conscious. Of, and every every day and every hour, unfortunately, people are going through this the the, the grieving process and the, the. But so, what are they? Just in a, in a stack in the in this resonator, or are they in the same shape as the original body? If you follow me. Same shape as the original body, but the water is circulated gently over the body. So some smaller bones can be moved around, we'll say, within the resonator. Mm. Um, And that's the way it is. So when we then take the remains out, or the skeletal remains, we put them into the dryer. And then it takes about two hours to dry the bones. Then they're processed down to the white dust. would be called ash in the flame cremator, or we call it hydrolysized remains that are put yeah. into the urn and given back to the family. But with resumation, you actually receive about 30 to 40% more bone okay. because it's such a gentle process. Every bone is completely saved. So what, do, what, do you, what, are, what are the options of what you can give back to the family if they requ- request, Elizabeth? Well... We have a very bespoke service, so I take a handprint of the individual, I take a locket of hair, and that's all presented back as well to the mm-hmm. family, because I want the family to know that I take a lot of time and care yeah, with their yeah. loved one. Um, and I just, as I say, because we're taking them out of the coffin, I get the opportunity to capture the handprint. Um, and I just think it's nice for the family to know that I really do care. Um, mm-hmm. So that's all part of the service that we give or of what we give back. Mm-hmm. So we have a bespoke ceramic urn. All of our products are locally made, handmade by artisan uh, potters, the mm-hmm. candle maker. Everything is local and handmade. Okay. So, say, do the family always get something back or do, can they say, no, we just want the remains to move on or whatever? So it's the reason that you would go for the flame cremation or water cremation is to get your loved one back. Okay. You know, that's but the when, whole idea of it. Okay, but when, when they go through the resumation process, um, yeah. f- f- is, that, is, that, is that 
soon after the the obsequies, soon after the funeral. Like well, if, just, if my it, funeral is at three o'clock of an afternoon, how soon do you have to move the remains into this resin resonator? No, well, that's just the same as with a, with traditional cremation. The timeline usually ninety percent or ninety eight percent of people in Ireland would be embalmed. So therefore, you know, it it doesn't have to be immediately. People can still have their viewing. They can have their wake. They can have everything that you would traditionally mm. have, and that's no problem at all. So the, just the only difference is instead of choosing, I suppose, burial or flame cremation, water cremation is a very environmentally friendly, gentle alternative to the both. Okay, and is it expensive, Elizabeth? It's fifteen hundred euros for the resumation, and that includes your urn package, your handprint, mm-hmm. and everything that we present back to the families. Wow. And we actually, we have an opening day. We had one open day already and there was 300 people arrived, which was fantastic because I want to be very transparent in everything that Mm -hmm. we do. Just like you're asking me the questions, I bring people through the facility. It's like going into a dental lab. It's very, very clean, very clinical. And I want everybody to know who's looking after their loved one and exactly what happens Mm -hmm. because I really believe it should be transparent and people are entitled to know what does happen? And Elizabeth, where did you get the idea? Where did you come across the idea? Well, I was very fortunate. When I was 18, I went to America to get a degree in mortuary science. Okay. And as part of, um, I suppose, my college program over there, we had to go to uh, the University of Southern California to collect what we would call cadavers for the embalming program. And it was over there in the body donation program Mm -hmm. that I saw this resonation technology. And they were using it because of its green credentials. And this is 20 years ago before, I suppose, sustainability was even a word. And... um, I just remember thinking it was fascinating and it was just so clean and so gentle and I thought, my God, if I were to go, that's definitely the way I'd choose. Yeah. And then I took... Um, and is it, is it, what about capital investment to get it going, Elizabeth? Well, I was very fortunate as well that Meath County Council, would you say, backed my project and I got 200000 from the wow. leader grant. Great, great, great. So it just shows, I suppose, their commitment to sustainability and, mm-hmm. I suppose, um, moving forward. Yeah. Um, and how's it, how's it going? Don't say it's very popular because people are dying to do it. Um, how, how is it generally going? Is it getting more and more? Uh, well, you get more more publicity now, thankfully. But is it getting more and more recognition? Like, do funeral undertakers make their clients' family aware of it? Well, yes and no. Some of them have been saying that it's available and some of them have, I suppose, maybe through my social media or like that hearing it in the newspapers, on the radio, on the TV, are intrigued by it. And I suppose by running our open days as well. But anybody can go in and request a resumation with mm-hmm. their funeral director. But, but my point is, if if the funeral directors aren't behind it, Elizabeth, Oh, well, they are. Okay. So there's no reason why they wouldn't be because, you know, it's just like they go to the graveyard or they go to Darderstone, they just come to Pure Reflections. So it's no, um, it's just, mm-hmm. I suppose, everyone, nobody really likes change and something that's new and innovative 
you know what I mean? When people are so used to doing one thing mm-hmm. for course, 150 course, yeah. years, you know, it just takes a while for, I suppose. But once they do it, once, we, once we've had one funeral director, we've had him back three and four times. But you, but you saw how quickly cremation took uh, took off, and I think it's probably the majority of funerals now end in cremation. Is that fair, Elizabeth? You'd know more than I would now. Yes, definitely. In Dublin, it would predominantly be nearly a seventy percent cremation rate in Dublin okay. city or and around. But whereas in the countryside, it's still more burial. But okay. that's changing as well because. You know, plots like even to have a grave opened might be a thousand euros. You know, now yeah, I'm not saying yeah. everything comes down to price, but no, it has yeah. to be considered at the yeah. end of the day too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Elizabeth, thanks, indeed. That's Elizabeth Oak. She runs a company called Pure Reflections. Have you any competitors yet in Ireland, Elizabeth? No, okay. thank God. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm okay. the only one and okay. <laughs> hopefully will be for a long time. Okay. And Tina Farrell. Uh, Tina, you want to, to, to address the issues? Well, go yeah. ahead, Tina. Tina, are you there? Talk to John. Tina. <phone rings> Tina, okay. Let's see. Can we read Tina? Tina, after the break. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Ollie, so it looks like your idea is, is getting traction at, at least. It is indeed, yeah. There's, um, I think people are looking for an alternative to what's there. And, you know, the whole thing, I know you can still have a graveyard and all that, but um, I think it comes back down to giving people the choice. And, um, you know, the more natural, because, you know, everything we do in our business is all about the natural approach to thing, and we do a lot of home composting, and I just thought it would be another option for people, for loved ones, mm-hmm. to have that um, compost. And you're giving back to the, you know, everything goes back. Like, we're giving back, really giving back to the soil and to nature and helping to grow, like. Well, as, as I say, um, I, I, as I was aware, I thought it was Cavan is actually Navin, so I wasn't far off. Navin, uh, yes, yeah, that's a right. Pure, pure reflection. So it is. And, but is it, is it the price of funerals that's making people look at alternatives? I think it's people looking at... Um, more, pe- more and more people are into nature and want to do things a little bit different. And if they can, you know, stuff, stuff, things that are more environmentally friendly, because I think that's the, what the lady mentioned, like even burying a three or four or five thousand euro piece of furniture, you know, the coffin mm-hmm. into the ground. You know, it, it's, you know, really and truly it, it, it is a, you know, it's a touchy subject, but like it, it's an awful lot of money to be just decomposing in there along with your loved one. So at least if there was another alternative, that would be, and the whole, you know, the digging of the grave and everything else. And I just think the human composting is, it's something I would certainly do myself if it was available. Okay, okay, Ali. Um, t- t- you, but you, you, you haven't, as, as of yet, you haven't determined the capital cost that you will need. No, no, we're going to be looking into that now in the, in the coming weeks kind of thing. And look, it is it's just a stepping stone. We just want to put out the feelers, you know, to say we're on our Instagram and LinkedIn and all them pages. And we're just asking people their opinion on it, and that's why we've probably got in touch to get, you know, we want to know what people are thinking in Ireland, get on to Joe Duffy, isn't that what it is? Yeah. So um, we said we just touch base with you guys and just see what the interest out there would be in it and sort of take it from there. 
and then see what would need to be done thereafter to bring it to fruition. Like, okay, okay, Ali, fair play to you. What's the name of your company again? It's uh, betterplants.ie. Okay, okay, okay. Thanks indeed. That's Adi Green. Uh, where is uh, Lily? Lily, Lily, your your quick point, please. Hello, Joe. How are you? Good, thanks. I just wanted to respond to the. Sorry, I'm kind of coming in off the um, in the middle of the conversation here, okay, so I didn't catch anything. Yeah. But I'm just responding to the lady you had on a few minutes ago. I think her name might have been Jacinta or oh, yeah, something like that. P- pure reflections, yeah. Um, well, it was the lady who said that she thought that it was. You know, not a good idea to be cutting down a tree for a coffin. Oh, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, no, that was, yeah, go ahead. That was just into duty about uh, 35 minutes ago. Yeah. So uh, I, I just wanted to respond to that comment. I just felt, you know, um, the comments weren't very sensitive on her part that it's, uh, you know, disrespect or that it's it's not a good idea to, to be cutting down a tree in order to impress the neighbours because you want a wooden coffin. And mm-hmm. I found that moment very offensive as somebody who's buried two people. Um, I'm not, uh, I, I, I can't understand that reasoning there. I understand mm-hmm. she um, has her views on climate change and all of that. But what I would be saying to that as well and to this conversation today is, unfortunately, everything we, we put on our bodies, our clothes, our shoes, everything, all of these things are made through processes which are not necessarily um you know, so you know, I, I, I can't really comment on the general conversation okay. you're having there with the composting because I didn't hear all of that, but I felt her comments were quite disrespectful. Okay, if I'm okay, honest. okay, but she, I'm sure she, she didn't want it to be heard I, that I'm way, sure but she didn't. thanks indeed, Lily. Tina yeah. Farrell, Tina, good afternoon. Good afternoon, you're back, you're back, you're back. Go ahead, Tina. Yes, so I've had I've had readings in the family. I've I've lost brothers and sisters, and they have all they have all been buried. And I lost another brother a month ago, and he was cremated. And I thought cremation was a good way to go because I thought I would I would like to do it myself and to donate my organs first. Is to say that to donate as much of my organs as possible, yeah. but to give some to give somebody else the gift of life. Okay. But listen, but listen to that gentleman on the radio today. I would be very much in favour of his proposal of what he's hoping to be able to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, would you? And it's something we've been championing here for years. Would you sign up? God forbid. Where do you pass for organ donation? Yes. Okay. Okay. One hundred percent, and as much organs to be donated as possible. Okay. Okay, and to remind people, if you if you don't already have an organ donor card, there's two things you do. You text the word donor to five hundred fifty five. Very straightforward. Text the word donor, and they will send you back the, the it's the Irish Kidney Association who, who administer the scheme. They will send you back the information. And but the most almost the most important part you could do is, and if you don't want to get into a debate about it, that's fine. We just mention to your next kin. Oh, by the way. By the way, before I uh, turn on the teddy, you all know if anything ever happened to me, God forbid, I would love, if possible and if suitable, for my organs to be donated to help someone else. Um, so, so that would be that would be welcome. Yes, absolutely. Give give somebody else the gift of life, and um, I I also agree agree with that sentiment of not having the waste of of, of a coffin and everything else the expense of it. And cutting down the trees and everything else like that, when there is a, a more economical way of, do, of doing it and, and a more environmental friendly way of doing it. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. God bless you. That's Tina Farrell. Where's Tim? Tim, I know you were trying to get on the other day, and I want you to come on now yeah. because uh, the clock is ticking. It's Thursday, February the 1st, the new reverse vending machines. Go on. You have to tell us, how, how are you doing down there, Tim? Well, well, I, I, I'm a retailer. I'm, I'm close to the city centre in Cork with a filling station. And uh, a very quick mathematics, we get 2.2 cents. If we were t- accepting returns, we get 2.2 cents per unit. The cost of the machine, if I was to lease the machine and the outdoor canopy, because my shop is, mm-hmm. is 90 square metres, so I can't fit a machine in the shop. So the machine plus a canopy would cost me to lease over five years, 38,000 euros. Wow. Okay. Wow. Now, if you do the maths and do that 2.2 yeah. cents yeah. per unit, I would actually lose 489 euros per month. And over the course of the five years, uh-huh. this scheme would cost would cost me if I had that machine, and that's a basic machine, twenty nine thousand three hundred and fifty three euros over five years. So it would cost me. But what about all the publicity has been? There's two pages in the Indo today. It's the best thing since sliced pan. These reverse vending machines. There's a photograph in the Indo, a great newspaper well, of the MD of Tesco. Uh, open arms for these now they're going to do they're uh, going to do don't get me wrong I'm all for the of course the we're, all, we're all in favour I know work. that okay but, but the thing but that nobody has mentioned well it was mentioned this programme that the way this system and the cost of install you've just gone through it in great detail the way this system is done it actually represents a transfer of money literally from the smaller shops who have to collect the deposit and people get annoyed why is my a uh, slab of water mm-hmm. gone from six euro to nine sixty because I've got to charge you fifteen cent for everything, but you'll get right. your fifteen cent back where you can't get it back here in your little corner shop, which you would right. appreciate. You'll get it back in Tesco, right. and you'll get it back in the form of a Tesco voucher. Right. Sure, why? No, sure, you, why well, aren't they? Why aren't they jumping for joy? Well, you see, people can go into Tesco and say, "Can I have the cash for this yeah, voucher?" Yeah, okay. Yeah, I say so. Yeah. But it, it, as it, it, it's unviable for any smaller retailer. It's it's just going to cost us a fortune, and as you say, it's going to drive our customers to the bigger retailers. Yeah. You know, with which, and, uh, with, if, with if the give, with the money that you've taken off them and they'll get it back they take you take the, the you take the money off them when you sell them yeah, your I, I pay my wholesaler the 15 cent per unit you've got to pay it you've no choice and back off the customer yeah yeah but exactly. you won't no the customer has to give you the 15 cent and they'll, right. they'll have if they've any sense you'll have a face on them because that's a big increase but to get their 15 cent back they'll go to Tesco correct well done well done. Yep. Every as Tesco say, Tim, every little helps, and they're a great company. You know yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of us small, and and just a quick okay. word of advice for any smaller retailer who has not yet applied for an exemption, they need to do it now because yeah. come yeah. Thursday morning, if they don't have an exemption, when I was in a, be... I was in a shop at the weekend, and the retail small shop, and the retailer told me, now I'm trying to check this, but we can't get an answer from them. The retailer told me he cannot afford, like so many, to put in this machine. He doesn't have the space. He doesn't have the money. He said it would shut him down. But he yeah. said he said he was told now that he was obliged to put up a sign on his front door directing, directing people him. to... Yeah, is, is that true? That's correct, yes. So you've got to, if you don't have, haven't got the money for a reverse vending machine, returns, you've got yeah. to put up a note on the door saying... Uh, before you come into the shop, I don't have, I can't afford a reverse vending machine, but Aldi or Tesco down the road have, would you not run down there? 
Exactly. Lunacy. So you have two choices. Okay. You okay. can manually take back the returns or you can put up that note. Yeah. directing them to your Okay, Tesco. okay, okay, Tim, thanks indeed. Um, Siobhan Hogan, producer, Ray Darcy's next. 0818 715 815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie.